0: today I want to preach from a passage of scripture I have preached from I don't know how many times but you know I like to remind myself of things anybody like to remind yourself of things you know the Bible says forget not all the benefits of God I know that Jesus Christ died for me but I remind myself of it I know that by his stripes I was healed but I remind myself of it I know that I'm the head and not the tail above only and not beneath but I like to remind myself of it isn't the mind an amazing thing if you go weak or months without reminding yourself certain things it's not that you forget but it's not as as focused as perhaps it was before hello and you know what you live in what you think come on I'm preaching better now than you're responding you live in what you think what you're focused on is what you're going to experience if you focus on the bad I'm not doing a marriage counseling course right now but if you focus on the bad what are you going to live in the bad, that's what you're going to live in. If you focus on the fact, oh, she always puts the toothbrush in the wrong way around. <laughs> Somebody said this the other day, and I think it's great. Always be on good terms with someone who has access to your toothbrush. <laughs> Absolutely, and I would agree with that wholeheartedly wholeheartedly being the man who <laughs> I'll let I'll let it out now being the man who likes my shed you, you've heard you hear about my shed and there's oil in my shed and there's lathes in my shed and there's pillar drills in my shed and there's old motorbikes in my shed uh, I, I you know but sometimes old things need cleaning Wash your feet, do your hair, the whole bit, okay. But sometimes old motorbikes need cleaning, and often the best thing to use is a toothbrush. You know where this is going. (laughs) There are times when my toothbrushes are like, you know, the old ones in the shed just don't work anymore, and I've just got to find another one. Well, I'm not going to use mine, am I? Thank goodness I've never used Sharon's, it's okay. But I'll find one somewhere that always be on good terms with someone who has access to your toothbrush. Always, 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 you don't know what they might do with it. Anyway, today it's good to remind yourself of things it's good to stir things up on the inside and and i really had it on my heart today to you know to uh, to go to 2 timothy and i was really getting into 2 timothy and i'm like yeah this is what and then it just got so bigger and bigger and bigger and i thought no it's not just 2 timothy it's it's the whole uh, principle of what I'm going to be talking about which I found in 2 Timothy which is in 2 Timothy but then I thought no it's this whole principle and I could turn this into a series but I haven't got time for a series because we're starting another series in a few weeks time so we're going to throw it all in the pot together today is that okay and we're going to turn to one of my favorite scriptures in Philippians chapter 3. And uh, we're we're going to see some change happen in this place today. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. Excuse me, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to his favourite church. So today I'm speaking to my favourite church. I've preached in thousands of churches around the world. Literally over 50 nations have I preached in. And, um, and I've preached, uh, you know, outstanding congregations. But I want to say this, there's no place like home. Preaching to you guys is just the best, the best place to preach. Amen. Amen. Unless you keep quiet on me and then I'll go and find another great church. Just saying, Philippians 3 verses 12 to 14, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected. Now, let's just start with that, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected. You know what, some people have this really down mentality, oh, you know, we're just not there yet. Oh you know what things you know it's just step by step slowly by slowly and we all know that the journey of life is step by step and journey you know step by step little bit by little bit and we you know we deal with things and we deal with ourselves step by step and it's 1 degree by the next degree to the next degree and that's great but the attitude is not just oh well this is just a casual slow attitude even though the apostle Paul was saying you know what I know I'm not there yet and I know I'm not perfect yet I know I'm not there yet. But I've got an attitude that says... I'm going to keep pressing on with everything on the inside of me. I'm going to put effort into this. I'm going to put grit into this. I'm going to put faith into this. I'm going to push. And I'm going to push again. And I'm going to push again. And I'm going to push again. And even though I keep stumbling, I'm going to push again. And even though I'm not perfect, I'm going to push again. And even though I make mistakes, I'm going to push again. And even though I'm not brilliant, I'm going to push again. And even though sometimes I doubt, I'm going to push again. And even though sometimes I try it and it doesn't work, I'm going to push again. Because I am going to be somebody who presses in to everything that God has for me. I'm going to press in. I'm not going to be casual about this. I'm going to press in. And today we are talking about the high life. The high life. There is a life for us which is higher than where we currently are. And I am not content to plateau. That's three of us. You said that's good. I like you. That's good. I like you. <laughs> I am not prepared to plateau. I am not prepared to have a great year and then just flatten off for the next five. I'm not prepared for that to happen. I'm not prepared to see, you know, a whole heap of people come to Christ and then no one for the next three years. Not happening. Yeah. I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared to see a whole load of people healed. We are having some great testimonies right now. And then for the next year, two years, uh, wasn't that great in 2018. I'm not prepared for that to happen. Yeah. I'm not prepared for my family to be the awesome family that it is, but stay in the same place that it's been in for the last five years. I'm not, come on guys, I am not prepared for that to happen. And the attitude of the Apostle Paul was, you know what? No, I'm not perfect. I know I keep getting it wrong. I know that I'm pushing in and I know that, you know, the things I don't want to do, I do do and the things I do want to do, I don't do. I know there's all this stuff going on, but I've got an attitude on the inside that says, come on, the best is yet to come. I'm pushing ahead. I'm pushing onwards. I'm pushing upwards. I may be on this salary, but I'm going up there. I may be on this income, but it ain't fixed. Nobody's fixed my income. When the word of God says, I can have the abundance of God pour into my life. I refuse to stay where I am. Yes. I, ref- I want to shake you. <laughs> I was in my office the other night and I was deep in whatever deep I was in. I was deep there and, and I heard all these people coming through the front door. And I thought, well, either they're thieves and robbers. and God can deal with them. Or they're some, some small group coming in or prayer meeting or youth gossip or whatever it was. And this smiling face went past my open office door and it was Debbie. And she looked at me with just a radiance. See, I noticed these things. I know I ignored you and I just said, hello. But I was deep, all right? I was deep. She went, hello, Pastor. I went, hello. And I just carried on. But, but the radiance and the joy. You know what? There's something on the inside of people that wants to come out. And what Paul said it was, it's a press. In fact, you know, to go back and I don't want to preach on this verse, oh, well, you'll see where I'm going with this and you've heard some of it before, but then I've read the Bible before and it didn't change, so neither's my preaching. But there we go. Not that I've already attained, but I press on. I press on. I'm not going to be a casual Christian. Wander in, wander out, wander into work and wander home again, wander to the shops. And get all your bargains, wait for them to stick the stickers on, because it's a, you know, I know you guys, you'll stand there in a queue waiting for the discount. (laughs) Wandering around life. Jesus didn't casually wander, he lived life on purpose. So did the Apostle Paul. So did, so did so many people in the Word of God that are such a huge encouragement and a challenge to us to live life on purpose. If we go back just a couple of verses, he said, you know what? I count everything as dung. And he used a pretty strong word there that you'd probably want me kicked off the platform if I used it in Citygate today. But it begins with certain, it ends in "t." It's what it is. It's what he used, a very, very strong word. He said, I consider it as dung for the sake of pressing in to everything that God has for me. He saw these things as not even comparative. Ah, there's life and there's business and there's finances and there's entertainment and and there's my purpose in life. There's my purpose in life. You see, your purpose doesn't fulfill itself. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding right now. Your purpose does not happen by itself doesn't just casually happen. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I can lay hold, I can grab hold of this thing. <clears throat> Have you ever had to grab hold of something? Have you ever had to grab, you know, as a, a, as a parent, sometimes your kids perhaps are about to jump into the road and they've got no concept of death. No concept. And you grab them. With everything you got, you grab them. And you ah, you drag them out what the pavement or the road or whatever they were. You grab them when you you know you're teaching your kids to swim and you throw them in the deep end. That's how we taught ours. Chris wouldn't put his head underwater. Five years old. <laughs> Come on, time to get your head under mm, like this. So we we're at Centre Parks, standing on the side. <coughs> Threw him in, literally in the deep bit. Come out, bleh, and this is the whole mess. Grab into the. It's exactly what we did. And, you know, that's exactly what we did and the, the first time. Oh, Dad, why'd you do that? I hate you. And all this sort of stuff. <laughs> 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 it's what we did. And he came up swimming. Guy was a fish, swam for the school and scuba dives and whatever else now. But have you ever had to grab something? We're not just talking about... Grab, grab, <laughs> got ya, got ya, got ya, got ya, <laughs> grab ya, man, grab ya, grab ya. I've got him, got ya, got him. This is what I wanted to do to Debbie, but I didn't think I should. <laughs> grab ya. Just grab. Grab you. Grab ya. Are you grabbing your destiny? Are you grabbing your destiny? Are you grabbing your future? Lay hold. Oh yes, amen. <laughs> Lord, I lay hold today. Of everything you have for me, amen. I ain't grabbing anything. Come on, it's grabbing something. So I press in to lay hold. Have you ever had to push through? Have you ever had to push through? I was at a gig not too long ago. And uh, the O2, down in the mosh pit. With Tom... Chris, who else was there? Michael and me, down the front of of this gig, the Muse gig. Phenomenal. And I wanted to go to the loo. (laughs) Things change when you turn 50. 50. When you're 40, you can last all week when you're 53 it's like 20 minutes later oh yeah I just added a, bo- a glass of water half an hour ago so anyway wasn't too bad so I thought you know what I'll go now because the support band had been on whatever I'll go now and then I'll anyway so we're down the front the place seats 20,000 and we're like this far this far away from where Matt Bellamy's is going to do his stuff And I thought, I'm coming right back here. I don't care who gets in my way. So I pushed out to go to the loo. That was the easy bit, people love to let you out, don't they? (laughs) Oh, come (laughs) please. Someone's coming through. (laughs) Getting getting out's easy. How do you know, to get out of your passion's pretty darn simple easy to get out. Getting back in is a whole nother matter. So there I was right at the back thinking, okay, I've got to get all the way down there. And you start to push. And then of course, some people just stand there like this. Not that you've ever been to the sort of gigs that I go to, but there we go. And they're standing there like this, Uh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me doesn't work. It does on the outsides, but not when you get down front. Excuse me. Excuse me. I've got to do more than excuse me. I've got to do more than I lay hold. I've got to do more than, Lord, let it be thy will. I've got to do more than all of that. I've got to put some effort into getting past some of these fat obstacles that are in my way. You're with me? Yes. Yes. Boom, we're going through. Excuse me, I'm coming through. <laughs> and you, you, you get into the smallest crack and you, you think that's one down, 400 to go. Here we go. You've been there. We do it. We get down. And we get in there and I come back and then I thought, you think, where the heck are they? Where are they? And then you phone them up. Hold your phone up with the torch on. And of course, there's another thousand other people doing the same thing because they're all phoning their mate who've been to the Lucas, because they're all over 50 as well. And they're, and they're sort of, and you push through. I, oh, it's gone. I press, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Do you realize your life has been laid hold of? Laid hold of. Not just, ah, do you want to get saved, says the father. Do you want to know my love? The son of the living God went to the cross. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. We sang it earlier. There was a time I didn't know you. You weren't in my heart. When I see the cross now, I see freedom. When I see the grave, I see Jesus. Why? Because was it worth it all? For this freedom, absolutely it was worth it all. Jesus went to the cross and he pressed through the pain and he pressed through the rejection and he pressed through the lack of honour and he pressed through the humanity and he pressed through the sickness and the disease and the poverty and he pressed through the three days and nights in the belly of the earth. He said, Father, that my soul is so grieved. This is almost killing me, but I'm pressing on. I'm pressing through. I'm going to keep pressing and pressing. I could give up at any time and just go back to heaven but I refuse to do that. I'm going to press on and I'm going to press through because I can see through the pain. I can see through the rejection. I can see through the cross. I can see through the torment. I can see through the demonic oppression. I can see through the spitting and the lies and the cheating and I can see my sons and my daughters on the other side of the cross because I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. He didn't give up in the Garden of Eden. He didn't give up on the cross. He didn't say, oh, into your hands I commit my spirit, but I'm not doing anymore. Three days and three nights, he kept on pressing through until he said, I was dead, but now I am alive. And I hold the keys. I do not count myself to as apprehended, but one thing. I love the way that I really believe this is written. He's not saying this, beloved, my brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do think I've apprehended. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, I don't think I've apprehended, but one thing, this is the one thing I've got hold of. This is the one thing that changes everything. This is the one thing that makes the difference in every part of life. See, so many people have this, this sort of, I don't know, gulf, gap. We heard about the gap today in the offering, phenomenal offering. We heard about the gap. Well, so often there's a gap in between our relationship with God and everything else. And the gap is, how does that apply to that? how does church life apply to my family life am i just doing my spiritual thing or is this or is this all part of the same thing if i'm a better believer i will be a better father if i'm a better believer i will be more successful in business it's just fact these things go hand in hand one thing affects everything what is that one thing well, we're just about to find out. But one thing, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. What is ahead of you is more important than what is behind you. What is ahead of you is more significant than what is behind you. Forget what's, what's come and gone. Forget it. Forget it. Oh, I remember when God did this through me. Great, forget it. That sounds pretty darn radical. But so many people are trapped in the successes of the past. And in the moves of God, of the past. Do you remember when we used to sing, how great is our God? Yeah, but but we passed. We moved on. And if we keep harping back to the past, we're never going to press on to the future. This is how the church dies. This is how the church dies. Somebody came, came to the church, the yeah, it was a long time ago now, and after the service brought me up a little scrap of paper with all his favorite songs on. And said, you know, can we sing these? And I felt like saying, yeah, can you just bring me a time machine? Because we need to go back 40 years. Hello? You've got to look forwards. Oh, I loved it when my kids were in nappies. I loved it when they just got past the nappy stage. Oh, do you remember how cute they were? Go, it's gone. It's better today. No more nappies. You've got nappies to come. (laughs) And you know what? You'll love it. It's great. Nothing like a good nappy. But we won't go there. Understand that the best is yet to come. Seriously, stop looking back. Oh, it was easy three years ago. Three years ago is gone. And the more you look back, the more you're going to walk back. And the more you walk back, you're no longer pressing in. And if you're not pressing in, you might as well kiss goodbye to the purposes of God in your life. Because the purposes are not behind you. The purposes are ahead of you. Some of us have been through hurt and pain. Well, yeah, all of us have been through hurt and pain. I watched this preach the other night. Oh, just brilliant, brilliant. One of my favorite, favorite preachers in the world. And a guy called Jensen Franklin. Just just phenomenal. Just one of the heroes of the faith. And he was talking about um, the film uh, Black Hawk Down. <clears throat> Anybody seen that? What a film. Yeah. My word. What a film. Tragic, tragic, true story. You know, gut-wrenching thing about this this attack that goes wrong, and the helicopter gets shot. You know, blown down. And he's on the phone. Fo- he's on the phone. He's on the he's on the thing, saying, "Come on, get in the in the in the car. Get in the armored. Get in the truck and drive." He goes, "But I've been shot." Is what this guy said. "But I've been shot." And he said, "Mate, we've all been shot." Get in the van and drive. And he loses his rag a little bit. Ah, oh, but you don't know what happened to me back then. Yeah, get in the truck yes. and drive. Yes. Why? Because ahead is purpose. Ahead is destiny. Ahead is greater. Ahead is victory. Behind is awesome, but ahead is better. Yeah. Forward, 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 forward. I press on. I press on. And then he says this. For the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. The upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Whoever it was who sang back in the 70s, I reckon, had a prophetic anointing on their life. The only way is up. (laughs) prophecy over the airwaves, the only way is up. Forget this sideways thing or this same level thing and certainly forget the downward thing because the call on your life is upwards. The call on your life is upwards. It's not standstill. It's not sideways. It's It's never a plan B. God has no plan Bs. Oh, well, I missed the will of God for my life. Well, move forwards and get back into it. Oh, but God spoke to me 30 years ago and I didn't do anything about it. Forget it and move forwards. Live in the best that God has for you today. You getting anything out of this today or is this just preaching some hot air? Upwards call of God in Christ Jesus. And there are so many ups in the Bible and I've been through these so many times before because I remind myself of them. And we're we going to scoot through these. And I believe God is going to stir you up in one or more of these areas this morning. Is that okay? Why don't you look at someone and say upwards. upwards. There's, this, there's this advert once, and this is absolutely the truth. There is a campaign in a church to get people tithing. And to get people giving more finance. This is absolutely the truth. And, um, and the pastor wrote this thing, and they had this whole banner and this whole blog and it was on posters and it's like, come on, wake up. How does the church ever get things so badly wrong? But anyway, <laughs> we just do. And he said, and there's this campaign, it was like a built to last thing and a pledging thing and whatever else. And this pastor said, in a big smiling face on the advert and it was underneath, I've, up, I've upped my pledge, comma, and in big letters, up yours, exclamation mark. <laughs> Turn around to at least three people and say, up yours. It's absolutely the truth. I've upped my pledge, comma, up yours. (laughs) And I think sometimes God wants to say to the body of Christ, up yours. What yours are we talking about? Number one, Joel 3, 9 to 10, proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Wake up. Everybody say, wake up. up. Look at someone say, "Wake wake up. Come on, they might be asleep right now and they might need you. Turn to someone and say, wake up. They may, their eyes may be open, but they may be asleep emotionally. Tell them to wake up right now. God, say wake up. Wake, wake up. wake up something on the inside. Wake up the mighty men. The world is full of mighty men, but most of them are asleep, except for in City Gate Church. Hey. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. I look for people that are awake, not people that are asleep. We used to have somebody in the church who used to fall asleep and pick his feet. Don't know how he did that at the same time, but he did. Pick his feet and fall asleep. Perhaps that in order. And he used to sit on the end of the row about two-thirds of the way back, just about where you are. No, it's all right. The chairs have been changed. The floor's been mopped. It's all good. Pick his feet and fall asleep. (laughs) Stay home. don't bother, wake up, wake up, some people need to wake up, why, why do we need to wake up, we need to change our priority, we need to wake up to what's important, we need to change our priority, wake up the mighty man. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I'm a warrior. They didn't say, let the weak say, I'm a couch potato or I can't be bothered or I'm too busy or I need my sleep or I need a lie-in or I'm too tired or I'm too poor or I'm too sick or I'm the wrong colour. Wake up! the mighty men of God wake up the mighty men of God wake up you are better than you think you are you've got a priority that God has got for your life wake up sometimes you need to shake yourself awake you need to shake yourself I watched a bit of an old film yesterday Dances with Wolves we saw half of it and sort of I fell asleep anyway it was a (laughs) long film About halfway through, after two hours, 20 minutes, Chris said, how long's this film? I said, there's another hour and a half to go. He went, oh, don't. And he fell asleep. That's absolutely the truth. Fell asleep on the sofa. That's it. Out cold. There's a bit in this film where this guy, who's obviously got a purpose and a passion, he was being taken somewhere by this old, this sort of guy who's just sort of, you know, plodding along, spitting around, and bits hanging out his mouth, and straw, and just... And anyway, so they were asleep, and they got up, and he said, wake up, and kicked him. He didn't get up, wake up, kicked him bit harder, shook him, didn't wake up, got an arrow, jabbed it right up his backside. Said, wake up, said, oh, what'd you do that for? Because you were sleeping. See, sometimes God will say, wake up. Oh, you know where this is going. Sometimes somebody else will say to you, come on. Come on, get a grip. Come on, stir it up a bit. Wake up. It's am oh, I'm tired. And then something will happen that will wake you up. And now you're awake. Oh God, why did this happen to me? Because you were sleeping. Oh, come on now, I'm preaching better. Stuff happens when you're asleep that would never happen when you're awake. But that's for another message. There's a job to do. No sleeping on the job. Look at someone say, "No no sleeping on the job. I came in the other day to the office and Sally was out cold on the desk. She was there, just sleeping, just sleeping on the job. And I said, come on, Sally, wake up, Sally, wake up. And she was like, and she does. It's just not pleasant and dribble and, and she was there. And even Becky tried. Becky was going, kicking the chair, wake up. And then we, then we tried all that just didn't wake up. So wake up, Sally. She woke up. So we carried on with our day. Not true, but just preaching story. There we go. No sleeping on the job. Number two, look at someone and say, wake up. Number two, Mark 10, 48 to 52. Then many warned this man, the blind, uh, the blind man, to be quiet. He was saying, Jesus, come and heal me. And they're saying, shut up, be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still, commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying to him, cheer up. Cheer up. <laughs> cheer up. The master is calling you. And I love this. And throwing aside his beggar's garments, he rose up and came to Jesus. Cheer up. Why? We need to change our outlook. Cheer up. Stop being so miserable. Come on, I'm just going to preach it as it is today. Stop being so flipping fed up. Cheer up. Oh, but I've got this beggar's coat. We'll take it off. Oh, I just can't praise God. Well, get over it and start praising Him. Put on the garments of praise. Come on, cheer up, guy. Cheer up. You got something more to rejoice about than you're letting out right now. Oh, but it's tough. Cheer up. <laughs> Put a smile on your face. Why? Because we are to live life through the eyes of expectation and fight and faith, throwing aside our old identity. Cheer up. Come on, look at someone say, wake up. Give him a Jab like that all right, give him a jab now you wake up and now tell him cheer up number three number three acts 22 fourteen to sixteen then he said, the God are you getting is this okay? Yes. the God of our fathers has chosen you to know his will and to see the uh, to see Jesus the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen And heard. And now, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized, wash your sins away, calling on his name. Can I say this? Stop just waiting for something to happen and make something happen. Stop waiting for something to happen that that sets your life. Oh, I'm just waiting for my breakthrough. Stop waiting for a breakthrough and go and make one. Stop waiting for something to happen. Oh, God, I'm just waiting for you to do something. And God's saying, well, I'm just waiting for you to get up. I'm just waiting for you to get up. Get up off your behind. Get up off your horizontal. Get up off the TV. Get up. Off of that hobby that's consuming every minute of every day. Get up off your games. Get up off your, your Xbox. Get up off your backside. Get up off your victimization mentality. Get up off your poverty mentality. Get up off your but I just can't move forwards mentality. Get up and change your position to something. God's going to do something if we just get up. Come on, look at someone and say, wake, up. wake Cheer up. Up. Cheer up. Cheer up. Get up. Get up. up. Number four. To Timothy, this is where all this started. To Timothy, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience. (laughs) As my forefathers did, as without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears. Timothy, you've done a lot of crying. You've done a lot of crying. (laughs) Every time I think of you, I see your face streaming with tears. You know, some people are like that. Every time you think of them, you think, oh, come on. You've done a lot of crying, Timothy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt in your grandmother, thank God for grandmothers. Especially thank God for grandmothers with some genuine faith. Just saying. And in your mother, thank God for genuine faith-filled mothers. Never, never, never underestimate your faith for your kids. And I'm persuaded is in you as well. I'm persuaded it's in there. I've not seen much of it. All I'm seeing is tears right now. But I'm persuaded that faith that's in your grandmother that moved some mountains and that faith that was in your mother that, that has moved some mountains and I can see it in you. I'm not seeing it out of you yet but I'm persuaded it's in there. I know it's in there. I believe I've laid hands on you and put some in there. Hello? I'm persuaded it's in there. It was in your grandmother, your mother now. I'm persuaded it's in you. Therefore, everybody say therefore. therefore. Look at someone and say, because you got some faith, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You have got something on the inside of you that you can stir up. You've got the power of God in you. Stir it up. You've got healing on the inside of you. Stir it up. You got a spirit of joy on the inside of you. Stir it up. You got faith on the inside. You got a spirit of a sound mind. You got love. You got all the fruit and the goodness of the Holy Spirit. And I'm preaching today stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Don't let it calm down. You're too calm. Stir it up. Stir up your praise and worship because you're too calm. Stir it up. Stir up your love for other people. You're too calm. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. There are times you just got to stir yourself up. How do you do that? With a big spoon. Stir it up. What's the spoon? The Word of God. Your mouth, your words. A good shout. Yes! That'll stir something up. That'll stir something up. Oh, hallelujah. No, that ain't going to stir up anything. Put you to sleep. I'm just being blunt. Can I just be just blunt? Is that all right? Just say it. God wants to see some upward movement in our lives. When's the last time you danced before the Lord? I said to our team, you know, beforehand, the A team. The guys, right, just, they're here. They're serving. Love my team. Awesome. People coming here. And I said, guys, come on. I want you to look down at your feet and imagine them both leaving the floor. (laughs) Didn't I say that? That's what I said. Come on stir it up stir it up stir up you've got a spirit of power on the inside of you that was put there by the laying hands on a Paul he's saying to Timothy now stir it up and go lay hands on somebody else go lay hands on them in Jesus name go stir something up go make something happen that which I have I give I'm gonna do so I'm gonna be radical I'm gonna lay hands on and I'm gonna pull you up grab you and put you down again there you go <laughs> I didn't know what to do with him then I got a bit confused I'll sit down <laughs> stir it up stir up your pure mind stir up your sound mind when's the last time you learned something when's the last time you studied something or are you just in that horizontal mindless of uh, agitative state of just like sponge. You know that sponge state that just says doesn't matter if it's uh, nice, pure stuff being poured on or whether it's old, stagnant water being poured on, the sponge is just taking it all in. Come on, when's the last time you on purpose sharpened your mind? Yes. Sharpen that mind. Think on things that are pure and lovely and peace-loving. Things of a good report. Ah, but it's all such bad news. Well, just stop looking backwards and start looking forwards. And see some good stuff coming down the road. Oh, man, this is great. Bang, you need to get back up here or else I'll never stop. Look at someone. Say, wake up. up. Cheer up. up. Stir up. up. Get up. 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 Okay. Bang, get up. I hope you heard me then. Do you say, get up? See, I'm just... This is a good preaching example. You are a gift. We need you. Stir it up. Stir up who you are on the inside. Oh, well, I'm just going to wait for God to do something. No, stir yourself up and go and be whatever it is. See, Paul said, I press in, I press in, I press in to lay hold. Pushing hard. Not casual about this. Oh, but I'm getting on a bit. Ah, but you know what? I, I, my, my, my hard pushing days are over. Well, just get in a the coffin then, eh? Climb in a coffin and we'll, we'll help nail the thing down. We'll send you off and see you in eternity. We're going to push till we move. We're going to push till we keep going on. One of the most amazing, amazing people that I've never met Ashley Schmierer's grandmother. Two grandmothers. One died at 112 and one died at 108. And they were both still winning people to Jesus when they were going. One got the whole old people's home saved. The whole lot. Every one of them. And of course, they came and went quite regularly. Got them saved. Why? Because they still pressed. They were still pressing in. Still introducing people to Jesus. Number five, Revelation 4.1. After these things, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here. Wake up, cheer up, get up, stir up, come up, come up. Come on up. Come on up. It's better up here. You can see further up here. Come up here and I will show you stuff that you've not seen before. Things that are going to take place. See down here. All I can see is Ben's feet. And that handbag, that's all I can see. Life doesn't look too promising from down here. Doesn't look too exciting, really. Not a lot happening down here. Then we get up a little bit. Ah, oh, look, I can see stuff now. And we live life from this level. But there's a problem, you see, because God is always saying, come up. He's always saying, come up. Come on, come up higher. Come up higher. Oh, it's not convenient to come up higher. It's not, it's, it's not, how do we come up higher? In prayer, in worship. Come on, come up higher. Put your mind on things. Up. Oh, but it's not convenient. How do I, well, there's, there's always a way. There's always a way to go higher. Look what I've found over here. Look, there's always a way to go higher. There's always a way to go higher. There's always a way. I can see better up here. I can see better. I can see better. Amazing. Amazing. But even that's not high enough. See, some of us have got to get out and get on the roof. See, I love the man Zacchaeus. He went up the tree. And Jesus said, I'm coming to your house today. Why? Because he went higher. Everyone else on this level, he walked straight past. Didn't show him anything. But there was an attitude inside Zacchaeus that said, I'm not staying on the same level as everybody else. I'm going higher. Go higher in business. Go higher in your prayer life. Come up higher. Come on. Come up. I'm calling you up today. Can you hear the prophetic voice of God saying, come up higher? Come up. Come up. You'll see what you've never seen before. Oh, well, I'm just happy with seeing people's feet. No, you're not. It's just that's your whole experience. And you've come to grow complacent with it and comfortable with it and content with it. It's better to see people's faces. And then it's better to stand on the roof and see the whole town. Wake up, rise up, get up, stir up, come up, change your perspective on life. I believe God's calling us up today. Can you hear Him calling? Come up higher. Shake the dust off your feet and move forwards. Come up higher. See what you've not seen before. Experience what you've not experienced before. Ephesians 6 tells us to stand up. Having done all to stand, 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 stand up. Stand up. Resist the enemy. He'll flee from you. Don't lie down and play dead. What is it that's keeping you down? And God's saying, come on, stand up. Put the armour back on put on the helmet, put on the breastplate, hold up the shield of faith, quench every fiery dart. Ah, but you know what? You know what? Uh, They said something to me and I've never recovered. Well, it's time to stand up. It's time to stand up. Put the breastplate on. Get healed in the presence of God and move forwards in your victory because the Word of God says you are more than a conqueror. We will get attacked, we will get hurt, but God has given us armour to quench every fiery dart of the evil one and that's the way we're going to live. <laughs> Ezra chapter 4, they'd lived in defeat for 18 years. The prophets started to prophesy, rise up and they got up and they built what God had called them to build. 18 years of defeat turned into six months of building. Finally, As we close today, I'm gonna read this verse, John 4, 34 to 36. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. You all say this there are still four months, and then comes the harvest. Harvest is sometime in the future. Harvest time. I don't know, I've sowed seed for the last 10 years, but you know what? I just keep sowing. Yeah, it's great to keep sowing. But the Bible says the reaper will overtake the sower. God wants there to be some harvest time in our lives. He wants there to be harvest. What are you believing for? Don't say in four months time the harvest is coming. He said, what does He say? He said, behold, I say to you, lift up. Wake up, get up, cheer up. Stir up, rise up, stand up, lift up, lift up. There are so many lift ups in the Bible. It was just like I could have done a whole series on just the lift ups. Lift up your heads. Why is your head downcast? Lift up your head. Harvard, oh, but I feel ashamed. Lift up your head. Oh, but I feel defeated. Lift up your head. There's something in the action of lifting up your head. In academy, I teach people how to pray because most people ain't got a clue how to pray scripturally. The Bible says lift up your heads, lift up your arms and let the river out. It's how you pray. You don't put your head down, think and be quiet. It's not how you pray. <laughs> you pray on purpose. Lift up. There's something about what you look like when you pray which tells me what's on the inside of you. People walk around with their head down. Come on, lift up your head. Square your shoulders. Lift up your head. Lift up your hands, the Bible says. All the time they're hanging down, you're not demanding anything of your flesh. When you demand something of yourself, you put yourself in the position and I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm pressing in. <laughs> I'm pressing in. I'm laying hold of everything that God has for me. I'm going to press in this morning. I'm going to press in today. I'm going to press in. Oh, one of the first times I got rebuked. (laughs) One of the first times somebody who wanted to live in the last century, not in this church. And I was praying like this. And the letters went to the pastor. How dare he pray with his fists clenched. And I thought, well, I'm not praying to you. So don't judge me, but and I wasn't shaking my fist at God, I was stirring up something on the inside of me. Come on, lift up your head, lift up that attitude on the inside stir up that spirit man on the inside, lift up your expectation, lift up your eyes, what do you say? The Bible says lift up your eyes, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, I don't look at the mountain I look to the heavens because that's where Jesus is seated, far above all rule and authority, every principality and power and every name that is named I lift up my eyes to Him I fix my eyes upon Jesus the author and the finisher of my faith, but I lift up my eyes this morning in Citygate church and i don't see this congregation i see a harvest i see a mighty harvest i see a harvest from the north and the south and the east and the west i see people coming in in their hundreds and in their thousands i see an army of young people i see a church on fire i see a church passionate lift up your eyes lift up your eyes what do you see this morning lift up your eyes and see the King, lift up your eyes and see your future, see what's coming down the road. Don't look around your feet and think this is my lot in life. Lift up your eyes and see the promises of God which are yes and amen. Every single one of them coming to pass in my life. Lift up your eyes and see your harvest in that offering this morning. I wasn't going to give today. I give and, you know, I give and give and give and we tithe and we give. And... But that was so awesome, I got my phone out. Seriously, I got my phone out. So I've got to give to this because I want some jars overflowing. See, I don't, don't just listen. Sow your seed. We had a testimony the other day and I want to hear the outcome of this and I'm sure it's going to be awesome but testimony of somebody who'd been really believing God for um, a job since January. No job, no employment. I don't know if they'd had interviews but didn't. But didn't, there was no job. And the small group leader, I said, why small groups are so important? Life change happens in small groups. <laughs> Lift up your head and get in one. Is that all right? Get in one. Seriously, it's where life change happens. And the small group leader said to this person, sow seed. Sow seed. Well, how do I do that then? I'll go serve in razzle-dazzle. That's right, isn't it? Go serve in razzle-dazzle. Don't just sit around waiting for something to happen. I don't know if they said all of this, but this is the inference, you know. Don't just wait around praying and believing God for a job. Go and sow yourself a seed. Go and do something. Why? Because you can see a harvest coming when you sow some seed. This person went to serving in (laughs) Razzle Dazzle, and with a short amount of time after doing that, short, it was short, I mean, from what I understand, short amount of time. I want to film this testimony, this is going to be awesome. Short amount of time, two interviews. Four interviews, four now. There were two the other day. Four interviews, just because she got off. I'm sure she's a lovely lady. But she got off just, oh, I don't know who you are. I don't even know who, who this person is, so don't be offended. But this person stopped just sort of, you know, believing and expecting and sowed some seed. Lift up your eyes. Your harvest is coming. Come on, let's stand to our feet today. Turn around to someone, say, wake up. Get up. Cheer up. Yeah. Stir up. Stand up. Rise up, rise up, stand, up. stand. Lift up. Lift up, lift up. Yes, amen. Come on, let's give God a shout in this place, shall we?